0: We really are thankful for all of our moms that are here today and today uh, we're gonna talk about something powerful and that is we're gonna talk about what does it mean to honor your mom and I want you to think about something for a second. Before there was ever a Mother's Day there was a commandment from God that says honor your father and mother. Before the world ever acknowledged the fact that we need to stop and slow down and honor our moms God in His sovereignty and in His grace made a very powerful but yet practical commandment that says honor your father and your mother. And what I hope and pray happens today, I think that hopefully today we're gonna see some things and one of the things I hope that we see from the scripture this morning is that God established honor in the family so that He could create a culture of honor that would bless and prosper his people. God wants you to excel. Can I get an amen from somebody today? God wants you to prosper and succeed in life and live a life that pleases and honors him. And what we're going to see today is we're going to see that honor is very key to God promoting you and elevating you to the place that he desires for your life. So let's look in Ephesians chapter six, one through three this morning. The Bible says children obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. Anybody in here belong to God today? Come on, can I get an amen from somebody? Any of, because you, children obey your parents because you belong to the Lord for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother for this is the first commandment. Y'all say commandment. This is the first commandment with a promise. Y'all say promise. This is the first commandment with a promise. Listen to it. Here's the promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have long life on the earth. This is the first commandment, the Bible says, with a promise. I want to I give you a thought today. Anytime God gives us a commandment, God is not trying to get something from us. When God gives us a commandment, God is trying to get something to us. The commandment to honor your father and mother is not about God trying to extract something from you that you don't want to give. It's about God trying to get something to you that you need in your life. You know what that is? The Bible says if you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you. Let me just rephrase it. God will favor you. God will prosper you. God will give you good success. Things will work out on your behalf because Because the hand of God is on your life. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will live long in the earth. Think about it. Prosperity and longevity of life are connected to honor. So when God says honor your father and mother, he's not trying to get something from you. God is trying to get something to you. He wants to prosper you, and he wants to give longevity of life to you so you can live long and prosper thanks to Spock in the Bible. And he stole that from God, by the way. Because that is the heart of God for your life. He wants to prosper you and He wants to give life to you so that you can live the life. He's called us to live. So let's look at our first one. Let's talk about honor today for just a minute. The word honor means to hold in high esteem. It means to place great value upon. When we honor someone or we honor something, we we hold in high esteem. We've set it apart. And I want to just say to you today, our mothers need to be set apart. Can I get an amen from somebody today? We need to set them apart. We need to honor them. We need to place a value upon their lives because of who they are in our lives and because of who they are in Christ. Listen to this next statement. Obedience is the right thing to do, but God commands us to honor our mothers. Honor in the family is not earned. It is given by God. Now, in the culture and the world we live in, on your job and in the church and in the community, honor and respect is kind of earned, right? People earn honor. They earn your respect. The people on your job that you work with, the ones that serve the team and serve the vision and help other people, those are the kind of people you honor. Those are the people you kind of respect. Those are the people you kind of put up on this next level place of elevation where you hold them in high esteem. But in the family, I want you to hear this today, in the family, God says honor is not earned honor is given and it's given by God children obey your parents and honor your father and mother because this is God's commandment God commands honor and we're going to talk about that in just a minute I want to give you a thought in just a moment that I've never seen before in this scripture but before I share that thought with you I want to just paint a little picture for a second Because when you think about the fact that honor is not earned, it is given, that doesn't mean that our moms haven't earned our honor. If you were blessed like I was, I grew up in a Christian home, not a perfect home, but I grew up in a Christian home, and I grew up with a mom that loved me and my sister and loved my father and loved our family. And I think about my mom, and I think about how blessed I am. I think about the fact that all of our moms, number one, carried us in their womb. I mean, I've had the opportunity since our children have started having children. I've got to watch Jessica and Samantha, and now Samantha's going to have another one. Can I get an amen from somebody? I'm just telling you, we're committed to growing the kingdom one way or a time, one way or another, right? But as I've watched my daughters now with a little maturity, Kelly and I watching our daughters carry our grandchildren in their womb, it's been amazing to see them not just carry our grandchildren, but literally give birth to our grandchildren. I heard a guy make a statement one time. He said, anytime something begins with the word labor, it ought to be a clue about what's coming next, moms. <laughs> <laughs> How many you know there's a lot of labor in mothering? Come on. And it's no, it don't end once they get born. That's the beginning of your labor if you're a mother, and you understand that today in a very unique and a very powerful way. But as we've watched our girls give birth and now become mothers themselves, I just have been reminded of of what a powerful gift a loving mother really is. The discipline, the instruction, the care, the compassion, the fact that all of us are literally here today because of our mom. Now, Mother's Day is like any holiday. If you're in a good place and you have a good relationship with your mom, then Mother's Day is a day that you celebrate. But for many people, unfortunately, more people than I wish to even imagine, Mother's Day does not stir up fond memories of a wonderful childhood. As a matter of fact, many times mothers don't act very motherly. And we live in a world today where a lot of the issues and challenges and struggles that our society is facing today can be connected and rooted into the reality that there are a lot of hurts and wounds that have been inflicted in the hearts of children by their moms. And that's a sobering, sobering thought when you think about it. And as I was thinking and praying about Mother's Day and this message and what the Lord really wanted to say, I I just wanted to remind you this morning of a couple things. I heard a gentleman make a statement. He's actually part of our church, Jeff Waddell. Jeff and his wife Melinda, they work with troubled families. And that's what they do for a living. And every time they get invited into a situation they get invited typically into a difficult situation. Very rarely are they invited into a family that's functioning perfectly. They get invited into what we in our society call dysfunctional families. How many know they're all dysfunctional? (laughs) Because me and you are a part of them. But several years ago I was talking with Jeff, and Jeff made this statement. He said he was counseling with a young girl one time who was struggling over the fact that her mom had battled with addiction most of her life and had made some dishonorable decisions in the midst of her addiction. And the daughter suffered the repercussions of those choices. And Jeff shared with me, he said, he said, as I was praying and asking the Lord, how how do we minister to this young girl? He said, the Holy Spirit gave this to me. And I haven't forgot it, Jeff, thank you. He said, I looked at that little girl and I said, sometimes our mothers make decisions out of the weakness of their flesh instead of out of the love of their heart. And I can relate with that because I don't know about you, there have been some times in my life and in my family that I've made some decisions out of the weakness of my flesh instead of out of the love that was really in my heart. And as a church that ministers to many people walking through addiction and recovery, with Celebrate Recovery, I've been able to talk to a lot of Families on the other side of addiction, and you know what I found out? I found out that those folks will tell you that in their deepest, darkest hours, when they were making the most dishonorable, hurtful choices and decisions, there was still a love in their heart that wanted to do the right thing. They just didn't do the right thing. And I realize we live in a world where many families are marked by those things. And it doesn't have to be addiction. It can be depression. It can be all kinds of different elements that play into what we consider our childhood or our growing up years. Let me encourage you in a couple things this morning. First of all, let me just say to you today, if you grew up in a dysfunctional family where there was dishonor instead of honor from your mother, Punishing her for the rest of your life, for the choices she made, is a wonderful way to ruin your life. There's something powerful that Jesus introduces into the hearts and lives of those who follow him. And it's this word called forgiveness. And forgiveness doesn't mean what they did was okay. As a matter of fact, the fact that they need to be forgiven means that what they did was actually sin and it was wrong, and it hurt. But what forgiveness does is forgiveness frees the heart of the one that has been wounded so that they can be healed, so that you can break the curse of that dishonor and allow the blessing of God to begin to flow. So I want to just encourage you today, if you're walking around with a mother wound in your heart, We don't condone the choices and decisions that people made that were dishonorable and hurtful, but we do forgive for our sake. Forgiveness doesn't release them, they're still accountable to God. Forgiveness releases you from the choices and decisions they made that wounded your life so you can receive the healing that God has in your heart. So if that's you today or that's you watching online this morning, I want to encourage you to say, God, I choose to forgive my mother because you forgave me. Now, the second thing I want to share is is this thought that God gave me that I'd never seen before in this scripture. As I was studying Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, the Lord began to show me something. He said, Keith, do you realize that when I command honor, even in a culture of dishonor, when I command a honor, Child to honor a parent who is maybe dishonorable. He said, what I am trying to do through that honor is I'm trying to break that curse of dishonor off their family so that their children and grandchildren can grow up in a culture of honor because somebody made a decision by faith to believe God. And I want you to know that when you embrace honor, even when there's been dishonor, you have the opportunity through that act of faith to break the curse that if you were to trace it, you would probably find out went to your grandmother and your great-grandmother and maybe even your great-great-great-grandmother. And you have the power through honor to break a curse and release a blessing of God over your children and your children's children so that you can set a new precedence of what our family looks like in the world we live. And when the Lord showed me that, I thought, God, how powerful, number one, honor is, and how loving God you are. That in your wisdom, you gave us a principle of truth that can set us free from a culture of dishonor. And you have the power today to make that choice. Can I get an amen from somebody? Amen. Amen. So let's look in 1 Thessalonians because today what I want to do is I want to give us seven very practical ways to honor our mothers. Seven ways to hold them in high esteem. Seven ways to add value to their lives and celebrate who they are in our lives. And my prayer, as I've already said, is that this will not be a Mother's Day message, but this will be a seed of truth that will cultivate honor in your everyday life. Because the principles of honor not only work with your mother and your father, they actually work with every person in your life, can I get an amen? So let's talk about honoring our mothers. First Thessalonians five eighteen says this: In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Number one, we honor our mothers by saying thank you. By simply saying thank you, gratitude. Listen to this: gratitude expresses honor, and your thank you validates her sacrifice. The realization is most moms aren't doing what they're doing so they can get patted on the back and receive recognition or a reward. They're doing what they do because they love you. They're doing what they do because they care about the family and the family unit. And they care not just about their children, but they care about their children's children in a way that is amazing. And one of the best ways you can honor your mother is by simply saying thank you. When you say thank you, what you're really doing is you're acknowledging the fact that you see the sacrifices. You see the early morning. You see the late night. You see the middle night feedings. You see all the things that mama does to keep the family moving forward. And when you simply say, hey, I want to say thank you, Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being there for us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for breakfast. Thank you for every time I go to my closet, there's actually clean clothes to wear. Thank you for all the things that you do. Now, I was doing a little research, and I ran across an article by Forbes magazine, and Forbes magazine did a study. They said the typical stay-at-home mom works about 97 hours a week. She spends 13 hours a day as a daycare teacher, three hours as household CEO, seven hours as a psychologist, 14 hours as a chef, 15 hours as a housekeeper, six hours doing laundry, nine hours working as a PC or a Mac operator. Ten hours as a facilities manager, seven hours as a janitor, seven hours driving the family here and there to all the things that have to happen. And based on these numbers, Forbes actually came up with an actual numerical value for what a stay-at-home mom should actually earn. She should actually earn, if you put a price tag on it, for her services $115,000 a year. So all you moms are way underpaid. (laughs) And I can't write you a check. (laughs) But we can say thank you. All the things that our moms do every day of our lives to make our families function, it really does deserve a thank you. And when you say thank you, you could never pay her for what what she's worth. But when you say thank you, it validates the sacrifices and it affirms her heart with your appreciation. Number two, John chapter 15. Jesus said, this is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Number two, we honor our mothers by saying I love you. Not just saying thank you, but saying I love you. Verbal expressions of love silence the voice of the enemy and affirm her heart. I want you to hear this today, Satan attacks the hearts of mom. He attacks mothers in a very unique, specific way. If you are a mom, you understand this. If you are a mom, you understand that yes, everybody gets attacked by the devil. Satan comes against everybody to devalue and dishonor our lives, our character, and our worth. But if you are a mom, there is a strategic attack that Satan brings against mothers that, are, that is unique to them. Let me explain it to you. Every time a child makes a bad decision whether that child is 5 years old, 10 years old, 16 years old, 20 years old, 30 years old, 50 years old. Anytime a child makes a bad decision, a mother feels like a failure. A mother feels like she didn't do enough, she didn't say enough, she didn't give enough, And she must have failed her kids because he's 50 years old and he still can't hold down a job. It must be my fault. Or he's 16 years old and he's in trouble at school. Or he's 10 years old and he's not making straight A's. Or he's 22 years old and he's flunking out of college. Or he's 28 years old and he's already been divorced twice. Every time a child makes a bad decision, there is a demonic attack against the heart and mind of a mother that you must have failed. Let me flip the coin for just a second because this is a unique attack because when an adult child makes a bad decision, mama thinks I must have been a failure and daddy thinks they must be a bonehead. Right? I'm just telling you, we got adult kids. When they make good choices, we celebrate. When they make bad choices, Kelly says, what would we do wrong? I'm saying, what do you mean what did we do wrong? What's wrong with them? (laughs) That's true. And what that shows me and what it should show every man in this room here today is that there is a unique assault against the heart of every mom. She feels things me and you as men never feel. She contemplates things me and you as men never contemplate. She struggles with things me and you as men never struggle with. You can't just say get over it because she's not wired like you. You can't just say it doesn't matter because it matters to her. And we need to understand that. And this is what we need to understand. When you say I love you, When you affirm her heart, when you, let me just say, this: if you're an adult child in this room today, and that's all of us, right? Everybody here that's an adult, you're an adult child. If you're an adult child, you ought to, if you still have the opportunity, my mom's been gone for 20 years, Kelly's mom's I think has been gone for about 14 years. So we haven't had our mamas in our lives in a long time. But if your mom is still in your life and you're an adult child, you ought to just go and visit her, and this is what you ought to tell her. You ought to say, Mom, you know what? I've made some bad choices in my life, and it wasn't your fault. I've made some bad choices in my life, and it wasn't your fault. And I love you, and I thank you for being my mom. You want to liberate your mother? You want to set her free from a lot of tormenting thoughts? If you're a teenager in this room today and you have enough maturity in you to be able to make that decision happen with your mom, I'm just going to tell you something, you're going to set your mom's soul free to love you and lead you like never before because mom's heart is under attack in a way that we as men and you as a child will never understand until you become a mom. And so ladies, I want you to know, Kelly and I, we pray for you. We pray for our church family. We pray for the families in the church. We pray for husbands and wives and moms and dads. And we are covering you in prayer. And when you say, I love you, family, and you say, thank you, those words are powerful because it helps to silence the accusation of the enemy look at our next scripture first peter 5 14 says this greet one another with a kiss of love and peace to you all who are in christ jesus amen greet one another with a kiss of love let me be honest with you this verse doesn't work very well in our modern christian culture kiss me and i'm gonna punch you in the mouth come on somebody I was hugging some of our elderly ladies in the church this morning before our 8 o'clock service, and I hugged one of them, and one of the ladies kissed me on the cheek, and there was a guy sitting at the table. He said, Pastor Keith, I'm not going to kiss you. I said, that's good. We'd have a problem. (laughs) Greet one another with a holy kiss doesn't work real good in our modern culture, but it works great. Look at that next point. It works great for your mama. See, we honor our mothers by hugging and kissing them. Mama loves to be hugged. Mama loves to be kissed. Mom loves physical expressions of love that create tangible moments that melt her heart. And let me tell you why that's important. It's important because life is hard. And if you're a mom, there are some elements of hardness that you face. And the hardships of life have a way of hardening our hearts. But there's something powerful about hugs and kisses. There's something powerful about a hug and a kiss from a child that melts the heart of mama, that somehow takes all the stress of the day and dissipates it. And in that one moment, everything's okay. Kelly and I, again, have been able to see our kids raising our grandkids and they can have stressful nights with no sleep and that little baby when they pick him up can hug them, give them little kisses as they're learning to do. And I can watch it in my girls lives and I can watch it in Kelly's life as a grandma. They just melt. All the stress of three days of not sleeping is totally absorbed in one moment of a little 10-month-old hug. And let me just tell you something. That doesn't change when you grow older as a kid. Mama still loves hugs and kisses no matter how old her babies are because you're always going to be her baby. A little research again. You ought to Google the power of a hug because this is what you'll find out if you Google it. Science has actually shown that hugs reduce stress, release what's called the feel-good hormone in our body. Hugs boost our immune system, lower our blood pressure, and decrease depression. The remedy for what's going on in our world today may be a hug. <laughs> Your mama would be a whole lot healthier if you hugged and kissed her just a little bit more. Amen. Amen. So we honor our mothers when we show affection. Look at Proverbs 7:24. It says, "Now therefore, listen to me, my children, and pay attention to the words of my mouth." We honor our mothers by listening to their instruction listening, processing, and applying her words honors her wisdom her experience and her desire to protect us. Despite what you might think your mother really doesn't want to control you especially if you're a teenager living at home your mother actually really wants to protect you and when we learn to listen Listen to my instructions, Solomon said in Proverbs, and turn your ear to my direction. When we listen to the instruction of our mothers, you know what it does? It honors them. Now all the moms in the room will agree with me, and they all know this to be true. Every mom knows she's not always right. May not admit it, but every mom knows it. Mom's not always right, but I want you to hear me. But it's always right to listen to mom. If you're an adult child and your mother wants to give you instruction and direction on how you ought to live your life, guess what? You're an adult. You don't have to do anything she says. But it's honor to listen. It honors her, even if you don't do what she says, that you lend your ear to her and you listen to the instruction and the experience that she wants to share with you. If you're still a young person living at home, let me just tell you something, the smartest person in your corner right now is your mom and dad. There's nobody on planet earth fighting for you like mom and dad. There's nobody on planet earth sacrificing for you like mom and dad. There's nobody on planet earth that cares more about you than your mom and your dad. And it is a wise child that listens. And if you're still living at home, obeying is the next right step. (laughs) Because things don't go well when you don't obey. Can I get an amen? (laughs) So we honor our mothers by listening to the words that they speak. Matthew 23, excuse me, Revelations 3.20, I'm going to back up real quick. Revelations 3.20, Jesus is speaking. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Number five, we honor our mothers by not just listening, but by inviting them into our lives. Invitations are declarations of honor and worth. And like Jesus in Revelations 3.20, our moms are standing at the door and they're knocking and they're waiting to be invited in. If you're an adult child and you have a mom that loves and cares about you, if you have a Christian mother that prays, you are a wise person. That invites your mom into some of those situations. Mom may not need to know everything as an adult child, but there are some things you can share with her that will get her warring and fighting and interceding on your behalf. Your mother should never have to feel like an intruder because she should have an invitation. To be a part of what's going on. When mom says what's wrong and you say nothing. And mom says well what's wrong and you say nothing. Guess what she already knows something's wrong. So maybe just throw her a bone. Give her a little insight. Give her a little understanding. Maybe don't have to tell her everything. But maybe you can tell her enough that she could at least begin to pray for you. And if you're a young person, if you're a teenager specifically living at home, let me encourage you in this. Invite your mom into your struggles. Stop thinking she's old and outdated and old school and don't understand. She knows more than you ever imagined. I mean, she is is the best resource you've got in your corner. And if you'll invite her into your struggles, you know what mom will do? This is what the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, Keith, do you realize that if you have a Christian mother and you invite her into your struggles and challenges, it's like having your own personal superhero. I mean, mama will do anything to help you. I think about Kelly and our kids growing up. I think about how they went through challenges and struggles and difficulties, and how that Kelly was leading the charge fighting for our kids. She was on the edge, she was pushing the limits, she was pushing back the darkness, she was calling out the villains. She was their own personal superhero. But if you don't invite them in, then they feel like an intruder, and you treat them like an intruder, and instead of having your own personal superhero, you have mom, 911, the cop, on your shoulder. When in reality, she could be in your corner fighting for you instead of on your shoulder looking over you to see what you're doing. That's the power of an invitation. Invite them in. Matthew 23, number 6. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jesus said, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wing, but you were not willing. Number 6, we honor our mothers by gathering around her. As a mother hen wants to gather her chicks, so a mother wants to gather her children. Family gatherings are music to her soul. Ask mama, what do you want for Christmas? I want everybody to get together and eat dinner and nobody argue. (laughs) Miracles still happen. Come on, somebody. What do you want for Mother's Day, mom? Let's get together. Why don't we all do dinner? Why don't everybody come around? Let's just hang out. Let's gather, gather, gather. Right? We honor our mothers when we gather around them. Nothing puts a smile on Kelly's face than the kids coming over to the house. We're going to go have a Mother's Day luncheon today. She's going to smile from ear to ear. Gather around them. We honor them when we gather. But let me just say this. It's not just big family gatherings. It's one-on-one gatherings. I can say without a shadow of a doubt as an observer in our family, when Kelly gets to spend time with any of our, one of our three kids, she has one-on-one time with the girls or with Levi. It's the greatest thing in her week. It's the highlight of her day. Just being with them, gathering around with our kids fills her heart with song and puts a smile on her face. So let me give us some instruction today. When you gather together with your mom, silence the phone, turn off the notifications, and put it away and give her your attention for 30 minutes. And you will be amazed how bright, Her face will shine when you gather around her. Amen? Number seven, our last point, here it is. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul says this, speaking to Timothy, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that the same faith continues strong in you. That's a powerful statement. The same faith continues strong in you. And this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gifts that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Number seven, we honor our mothers by honoring God. Faith and family are the greatest desires of her heart. See, every Christian mom desires her kids to be saved and to serve God. If you're a Christian mother, that's your heart's desire. You want your kids to be saved and to serve the Lord. And when you honor your mother, you, when you honor God, you honor your mother because you satisfy that desire of her heart. I can tell you today that the benchmark of Kelly's success in her life is that our kids would serve God. That means more to her than financial success, than acclimates, than any of those things. More than anything else they could obtain in life. Kelly's benchmark of success in her heart as a mother is that our kids would serve the Lord and you know your mom is happy (laughs) your mom's happy that you're not in jail or you're not a drug addict she's happy about that but she's honored when you serve the Lord she's happy that you stay out of trouble but she's honored when you begin to serve God. And I want to just challenge you today. Look look what Paul said. I want to read that first verse again. He says, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know that same faith continues strong in you. If you're here today and you have a Christian mom or you're watching online and your mom is a Christian and you grew up in a family where Christ was a part of how you lived I want to ask you a question today does the faith of your mother continue strong in you has the baton of faith been passed into your heart because let me tell you what I know about faith faith is powerful faith is supernatural But faith has to be owned. (laughs) I can't ride into heaven on my mama's faith. I've got to own my faith. The baton has to be passed, and I have to personally accept it as my own. Because like Timothy, I want to continue strong in the faith. I want us to bow our heads today for just a moment. So if you're here this morning and you realize, you know what, Pastor Keith, maybe I grew up in a Christian home and maybe I have a Christian mother and maybe she had a great faith and maybe you're sitting here today because she probably prayed you into this place. But maybe you realize you've never embraced that faith on your own. You're thankful for your mother's faith you're grateful for your mama's prayers, but you realize today you've never embraced that faith. It's never become your faith in Jesus Christ. Now the second thing I wanna say is, maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching online this morning and maybe you didn't grow up in a Christian home. And maybe you very much related with what we talked about at the beginning of the message about growing up in a home where a mother maybe didn't do the motherly things. And maybe instead of a culture of honor, there was a culture of dishonor. And maybe you're here today and you might say, you know what, Pastor Keith? I don't have a legacy of faith to hold on to. But I want to begin today. I want to break the curse of dishonor. And I want to be maybe the first one in your entire family to become a Christian and accept Christ. And you're going to say today, today I want to be the one to begin to pass on A legacy of faith to my children and my grandchildren so whether you were raised in a Christian home and you need to embrace your mother's faith or maybe you were raised in a non-christian home and you need to begin a legacy of faith today if you're here this morning you're watching online and you say "Pastor Keith today I want to accept Jesus I want to own the faith of Jesus Christ I realize I'm a sinner I realize I need a Savior and I believe Jesus died on the cross rose again on the third day and I want to ask Him to be my Lord and my Savior. If that's you, I want you just to raise your hand. I want to be saved today. I want to own the faith. I want to I accept Christ. If that's you online, just hit that hand emoji. Type in that chat box. I'm raising my hand because this is your moment. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. And one of the ways we can honor our mothers is by first honoring God who saves us. And if you've never done that, today is your day. And what a great day to accept Christ on Mother's Day. I want to just pray right now with those that are watching and those of you that are here. I'm going to ask everybody in the room just to say this with me today. Let's pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Rose again on the third day. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Amen. Before we dismiss, we got one final thing we want to do. I'm going to ask my amazing wife, Kelly, to come, and I'm going to ask Samantha and John Wesley, if they would, also to come up front. If you're here today and you're a mother in the house, we'd love for you to stand to your feet this morning. And I've asked Samantha, if she would, just to pray a special prayer blessing over Kelly and over all of you moms that are here today.
1: And I just want to say a few words about my mom. Um, I was just thinking about the impact that she's had on me and also this entire church. And so if we can just give her a round of applause, Liberty Church would not be without her. There's so many women who are serving and leading here in Arab and in Holly Pond, specifically because she has poured into them, mentored them and raised them up. And so none of us would be here without you.
0: we love you. Amen.
1: So Lord, I just pray right now a special blessing over every mother in this house. And Lord, I pray a specific blessing over my mom. Lord, I thank you that you have called them, you have equipped them, And you have set them apart to be the mothers of the children you've blessed them with. Whether that's children they've given birth to or children you've placed in their life. Lord, I ask that you would pour a spirit, just a fire in their heart today to know that they are equipped and they have everything they need to be the mother that you've called them to be. So Lord, I pray against any scheme of the enemy that would come against them and try to have them back down. But Lord, I thank you that your word declares that our mothers fight for us. They are fighters, they deserve honor. And so Lord, I thank you for all the mama bears in the house, God, that they are fighting and they are showing us what it means to live for you. So Lord, I thank you for my mom. I thank you for every mom in this house, that they would feel your pleasure over their life the day in, the day out, the small things that nobody else sees. Lord, I pray that they would feel a sense of pride over everything they do, because it's, it doesn't go unnoticed by their children, by their husbands, and by you. So Lord, we thank you for every mother here, for the impact that they have on Liberty Church, yes. that we need them, that they are making a difference here in this house, in the next generation. So, Lord, we pray that you would bless them. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give all our moms a great big round of applause this morning.